This podcast contains potentially adult language, adult themes, definitely drinking, and possibly sexual context. Listener discretion is advised. Okay, we are here. Welcome to Drinking with Authors. Um, this is, wow, wow, it's been a little while since I've done this. I'm er- your host, Erica Lance. I've got my crap together. Co-hosting with me today is... J.M. Paquette. Yay! And our guest today is the amazing, sports-centric Emily Bunny. Woo! Okay, let's talk about what we're drinking first before I totally forget the format of the show. Um, So I found a Riesling at, um, what is it, Good Earth or something? No, World Market, called Kung Fu Girl. I I don't know what Kung Fu and Rieslings have to do with each other, but I'm going to give it a shot. And it may be the greatest thing or the worst mistake I ever made, but I thought the label was cool. Okay, Jen, what boring drink are you drinking for us today? I have a lime bubbly because I don't drink. It's a good thing you're smart and pretty. Okay, Emily, what are you drinking today? I am drinking the classic espresso martini out of a can. So I am classy AF. I love that. There's an espresso martini in a can? Is that yep, only it's got a little widget. It's got a little widget in there, so when you pour it, you get like the foamy top. So I'm very excited. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to try that when I next time I go over to the UK, which hopefully will be later this year, barring COVID. Okay, good. So Emily, when did you begin? Well, before we do that, for all of the fans out there that might not know you, talk a little bit about what you write. So I write sports romance, in particular ice hockey. Um, so yeah it's all big burly sweaty guys they've most of them got their teeth which is a bonus um and yeah so we can do amazing things with fiction mm-hmm. <laughs> i might write a toothless guy actually thinking about it yeah that could that could be a that could be a thing i think when it comes to hockey players i don't think any of us care whether they have their teeth or not i don't think no, that's one of the requirements with hockey player very cool Okay, when did you start writing? Let's let's go back to the early days. When did you oh, start, start writing? Okay, so the really early days, um, back when I was a teenager, I guess, um, I kind of just wrote crappy stories just for myself. Um, I guess I needed some sort of creative outlet. So I did that. Nothing ever came of it. Um, I just, you know, went about my life. And I started writing again a couple of years ago, again, just myself, just something to do. Um, had a kind of a stressful day job, so I needed something just to, you know, let me release get my juices flowing and release the tension. Um, and, yeah, I, I never in a million years thought about publishing anything. It never occurred to me till probably early 2019, I guess. Um, and yeah, I, I, I started reading romance, um, and really enjoyed hockey romance in particular. And I thought, oh yeah, I can do this. So I wrote something and just started writing. I had no end game. It wasn't like, I didn't plan anything. I just started writing it. Um, and then I made some friends on Instagram and a couple of them wanted to read it. So I sent it to them. They freaked out. And then I just started self-publishing on Wattpad in weekly chapters. Yes. And now you are published with Four Horsemen Publications. 
Indeed. You have tuna all the way, all the way comes out. Um, Make first, right? Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. So that's the second in the Seattle Whalers. Yeah, that's right. That mm -hmm. is so exciting. Um, <laughs> what made you decide to take the leap between being on Wattpad and actually potentially looking for a way to get your work more widely published? Well, a lot of the, the author friends that I made on Instagram, they all self-published. So I kind of signed up with KDP and was looking into that. Um, and um, I can't remember where I saw your open submission um, advertisement, but um, I, I sent 10,000 words off to you guys and you emailed me the next day. So I was completely, I was completely stunned. <laughs> Well, to be fair. amazing writer, that's why. Jan mm -hmm. will be one of our editors, she can attest to. Yeah, I was like, we need we need this. Who, who is this? We need this. <laughs> I need to know what happens here. <laughs> and I'll, and I'll, I'll tell you from a submission standpoint, and I think a lot of um, uh, people who want to be authors out there should, you know, really kind of hear that is that when people receive whatever part of the submission that you send to them, they need to get engrossed immediately, and then they need to they need to want to have the desire to see how it ends. Kind of to what yeah. Jen just said is that's what you want to invoke in people you submit to. They you want them to have to have it. So yeah. um, yes, it's it's thoroughly amazing. Okay, so the first book in your series is All or Nothing. Um, so it's kind of a, a one night stand to awkward work colleagues kind of story. So. Um, you've got a girl called Mila who goes for a job at an NHL team. She wants to move across the country away from a, a shitty breakup. Um, and she knows nothing about hockey, which kind of mirrors me because until I started reading hockey romance, I'd never, <laughs> never watched a hockey game in my entire life. It's hilarious. Um, I watched every game of the Stanley Cup over the summer just to get my um, kind of hockey knowledge up to date and to watch Tyler Sagan be very sweaty um which is <laughs> fun. yes <laughs> oh my god I love that um he's injured he's back in two weeks please god let him be back in two weeks <laughs> so I'm assuming you're now a hockey fan uh yeah Dallas stars all the way baby I was very upset when Tampa beat us in the Stanley Cup final that was horrendous so yeah but we're, we're very up and down, down season <laughs> <laughs> I'm still sore about that. Yeah, I am. <laughs> but um, no, totally. Actually, hockey is my favorite sport to go watch live. Like I love, I have my own, um, sorry, Tampa Bay Lightning jersey with my name on mm. it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to keep rubbing salt in that wound. It's fine. Yeah. But <laughs> I, Well, I need to get a Sagan jersey, but they're like 150 pounds in British pounds. And they're so expensive over here. So I think it'd be cheaper to fly to Dallas and like buy one at American well, Airlines Arena. I have a friend in Dallas, so you should email me after this. I have a friend Ooh, in Dallas. Yeah. I'll get it for you and I'll just send it. No worries. If I could stay at their house forever, that would also be great. <laughs> I'll, I'll let them know that they have a house. They can adopt to me. I'm there. <laughs> so, so, yeah. So, Mila what, travels across country. She's trying to get this job. She wants a fresh start. She knows nothing about hockey, but they, they give her a chance. Um, while she's in Seattle at her um, interview, she meets a really hot guy in the hotel she's staying at, and they have a no last names, no details, no strings attached one night stand, which is 
hot. Um, and then they go their separate ways, <laughs> if I do say so myself. Um, and then, you know, she, she moves across country. She shares an apartment within a, her ex-college roommate. She goes to work and who should she see um, skating around on the ice, but her one night stand. Hence, lots of freaking out, lots of awkwardness, lots of to and and fro in and hot sexy build-up um you know they can't be together they want to be together and yeah eventually it kind of works out for the best yeah so happy endings i love the happy endings (laughs) they've got a pretty rough ride there there's a there's a thing that happens that matt kind of freaks right out about and mila has a complete meltdown um but yeah it's it's happy endings all the way basic fun i love because it's the team that like comes together like yeah. it's the two of them, but really it's about all the people around them who are like, no, really, you guys know. <laughs> yeah, what are you doing? You crazy people, just get together. <laughs> awesome. But I, I've loved writing the team um, and sort of developing the, the secondary characters who are eventually going to get their own books. Um, and it was really important to me to have that kind of the team aesthetic and the banter and and all of, all of that because I really enjoy writing those scenes. Well, your fans are loving those scenes. So one thing I have to say, um, and I want to go back to when you started writing and some of the stuff you did. Um, but one thing that you have done, which I think is very epic, and I would tell any authors listening out there who are, are kind of starting out or wanting to build your fan base to friend you on Facebook and become part of your your bunnies, Emily's bunnies, because, man, you have promo down to a science. <laughs> honestly i sleep is so overrated you know who needs to sleep i can just you know (laughs) i get up in the morning the first thing i do is switch on my phone and check instagram it's pathetic honestly i wake i set my alarm 15 minutes early so i've got 15 minutes of instagram time before i head to head to work but yeah it's 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 a lot of hard work but i i really try to build my instagram following and my facebook following before i release my first book um just because I wanted to sort of build the the fan base and, and get people excited about the release. Um, I see a, I see a few author friends who do nothing and then they're going, well, why have I only got like four reviews on Goodreads? I'm like, because nobody knows who you are. I mean, you're not out there. You're not, you know, peddling your wares. <laughs> you're, you're kind of writing these amazing books and nobody knows who you are. And, and I think that's a key part, part of this is that, when you're an author, as much as I, you know, you would love that somehow everybody just finds that you and you're that gem and everybody, million people buy your book, it doesn't work like that. And I think that it's, no. it's really important to remember that you, it's their shameless self-promotion attached to it. And you do it incredibly well. You have the button. It was very, it was, it was very hard to start with because I'm not a kind of yay look at me kind of person that's not who I am um so it was kind of hard and I felt like I was badgering people on Instagram just being on there every day (laughs) it worked so yeah it's it's fine (laughs) I don't I don't think you were badgering anybody I think you you do have to do that you have to find find your base because you have a lot of arc readers now and people who review your book before it's released so that I think that's huge you know and a lot of authors would kill to have that sort of recognition because yeah, I mean, honestly, ratings I, everywhere you know yeah I mean I, I could I could not do this without 
the people that helped me get started. Um, I mean, at my Kindle and me, she championed me from the beginning. And I, and I dedicated my first book to her because she just, she was the person that read my book first. I'd never given anything that I'd written to anybody to read other than stuff I wrote at like university. But she just was blown away. And she was, you've got to get this published. You've got to get this out there. And 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 she's she continues to read everything. She's literally got <laughs> she's got access to my Google Drive, so she can read stuff as I'm writing it. Um, and she just gives me the most amazing feedback, and it's not always positive. You know, it's like that ah, didn't work. You know, that's that's kind of clunky. And and I and it's great to have somebody there to kind of mirror what I'm thinking and, and tell me when it's crap. <laughs> No, I think that's vital. I mean, <laughs> as much as you want to root on other people and say how great they are and encourage them, uh, a friend of mine wrote a blog post, um, uh, God, this was years ago now, and it was like the seven things you should do if you're um, reviewing a book. Like it's the seven, and it or seven things you shouldn't do. Now I can't remember exactly, but his post basically said like, it's great to go, oh, this is great, I loved it. But that does nothing. It really yeah. does nothing in telling you what you did right or any things that you did wrong or that you can improve upon, like actual constructive feedback. And of course, we don't want to hear this is shit. I hate this. That's the same, <laughs> though, almost. As yeah, it's saying it's great. You're saying mm -hmm. it's great. It's not, you know, doesn't elicit the same positive feelings within us when somebody says shit like that. But it's just um, as helpful. The fact is going, this is terrible and I hate this still does nothing because yeah. what don't you like about it? What bothered you? What made you unhappy? And I think he talked about being constructive and talking about the positive things you liked and the things that you didn't like and, you know, stuff like that. And as authors, I think some of us don't want to hear that stuff. Like we're like, we don't want to hear the negative, but if you don't listen to it, then you don't become a better author. Yeah. I mean, in my day job, I, I'm critiqued a lot. So I'm used to it, but I always focus on the negatives. I never focus on the positives, even though there's there they are they are there. But in my kind of day job profession, we tend to look at the negatives more than the positives, and that's just kind of how we are. But I, I mean, I, I really enjoy it when people tell me that things haven't worked because sometimes you just can't see it. It's like when you can't see your own typos because <laughs> your brain knows what it's like. I, I never, never change characters' names from one after the other. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> your brain knows what it's supposed to say, so when you're reading it back to yourself, you don't see them because you know what it's supposed to say. So, you know, I need that. I really need that. It's, it helps me a ton. So, I mean, I've got – I just sent all the way out to my ARC readers um, – what day is it uh, like a week ago um and I've they've already started posting on goodreads and posting on instagram um so people are liking it it's a bit darker than my first book so um yeah i, I i'm glad that it's getting getting some good some good feedback no that is that word? awesome <laughs> so let's do that so let's talk about going back to your teenage days writing because we do have a an anthology called Teen Angst that you can contribute to and submit some of that writing. I and plenty we, of angst. <laughs> we, we literally didn't edit it. We just released volume one. It's probably one of the prettiest books I've ever seen. The way it's laid out, it's laid out like an eighties mixtape. So oh my god, that's amazing! It. But um, we had, I think, 
13 contributors this. And what we did is they just submitted literally photos of their story or their thing, not retyping it, like literally just copies of their journals and stuff. And yeah. So be prepared. I think you should submit for that. When you were <laughs> well, writing I was a teen in the 90s, so I was grungy. I had the hair. I had the plaid shirt. I had the Doc Martens. I was grunge girl. There was so much angst in my teenage life. I can't even get, I can't even go into it. So that sounds perfect. Yeah, I watched no, my so-called no. life like a million times. Jordan Catalano <laughs> had to be my husband. But yeah, when they canceled that show, I was just devastated. <laughs> Oh, Jen I, is moving. Thank you, Jen. Yes. forever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, Always. That's, that's Jen. <laughs> Jen. Jen was a little grunge girl, too. Mm -hmm. I was 80s, so yeah. I high school graduation year was 1991 for me, so I but I was the Madonna. I wrote about it that a little bit in the <laughs> teen angst is, you know, through my Madonna phase in 1984 to 86, you know. <laughs> Not realizing how terribly inappropriate that clothing was for a girl. <laughs> now, were, were you were you like leather bangles, lace Madonna, or were you like cone boobs Madonna? No, cone <laughs> boobs Madonna was nineties. So I was. Oh yeah, I, I guess the boy was, yeah. toy belt. I had the boy nice. toy belt, mm -hmm. and didn't understand the concept of what that actually meant at the time. I had the foofy skirts, <laughs> the lace tank tops with the netting off the shoulder things, and I yeah. had um, the plastic bracelets probably up gauntlet <laughs> on my, both my arms i had to cut them off eventually like right out the little off. lace fingerless gloves did you have yes. the little lace fingerless yes. gloves? and side ponytails and <laughs> i had so many jelly shoes there just wasn't, wasn't enough and did they just cut your feet to pieces the jelly shoes and they cut oh. your feet to pieces with the like sharp edges what is that who invented those things they like torture devices <laughs> well you know what i have to say the first ones out in the 80s actually were not horrible and then they tried oh. to recreate the jelly and did not do a good job so <laughs> maybe the first jellies were carcinogenic and they're like we can't use that material anymore <laughs> i thought taking two years to break in my first pair of dot martins was was tough i didn't feel my feet from the ankles down for about three years afterwards but i found the soft soft leather ones oh Yes. I still have oh, yes. my docs. I haven't worn them in years, but they're still in the closet. Oh, I wear them every day. <laughs> Not my original pair. They turned into plant pots and then they got thrown out. But yeah, my new pair, I just love them. I wear them every day. Yeah, see, I it was funny because I remember when grunge came out because I was living actually in Wisconsin, long story there, but um my I used to skateboard. So sorry, that was my coffee pot going off. Um, and so my jeans got ripped up from skateboarding because you can fall from skateboarding. And so my jeans would legitimately get ripped in the knees from that. And I wore, because I was in Wisconsin and I was a California girl, I wore flannel shirts because they were warm and white t-shirts. And then all of a sudden that hit and everybody <laughs> was like, oh my God, you're dressed. And I'm like, now I have to change everything I'm wearing because <laughs> it became a thing like to purchase jeans with I remember purchasing my first pair of ripped jeans that came ripped and I felt like I was like giving up on humanity. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had this red plaid shirt that I probably wore without taking it off for about five years. My mum was just beyond herself. She, I mean, the buttons had pretty much all fallen off. It was ripped. It was fresh. She was like, I'm going to rip that fucking shirt off your back <laughs> and throw it in the bin. <laughs> 
But yeah, I wore that shirt for like five years constantly. I loved it. Every photo of me in the 90s, I wear the fucking shirt. It's brilliant. <laughs> Mine was a purple flannel. You're going to have to supply one of those shirts and your little tail of bread. <laughs> but what did you, okay, so let's go back real quick before our first break. What did you um, write when you first started writing? What kind of stories did you write? Or oh god just like, like where where were you where take us team love all the way american teen love you know i i always wrote american books always wrote stories set in the states um don't know why you know girl from a small english town i don't know why i was writing in america stories but you know that's what i did um and it was just you know teen love it was, it was yeah it was horrible <laughs> oh my god i think well, i was just like that's I needed a boyfriend. When I got a boyfriend, I stopped writing Teen Love and started actually doing Teen Love. <laughs> <laughs> Did you write Teen Love to your boyfriend? No. No? No. No. <laughs> I always wonder as writers, like, writing love letters and stuff like that. That's something, like, Jen, did you write a lot of love letters? I did. Aww. I got love letters and I wrote love letters. Yeah, that was that was me. So grunge girl wearing the flannel and band shirt, but also writing, you know, terrible poetry. <laughs> Boys at school. <laughs> now, my, my when me and my husband first kind of got together, he would um, and I'm going to remind him of this when I when I see him in a minute and make sure he starts doing it again. But he used to write me little love notes and put them in my in my um, lunchbox when I went to work. And I was Aww. like, I've still got I've got them somewhere. I don't know where they are, but yeah. I, my uh, husband no. does that back before COVID when I used to go to school. He would he makes I stay up late, so he gets up with our daughter and he makes her lunch and mine. So he would put notes in, so I would get to to school where you know I'm opening up my lunch and there would be a note in there. So my office man oh. was like, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> now i'm lucky to get a reply to a text that says okay you know that's kind of where we are after 18 years together <laughs> i have to say though it, it's true i i wasn't a bring bring my lunch to work but my boyfriend will leave me little post-its on my computer desk with little cute things or we have whiteboards because i have to when i'm organizing things i have to whiteboard i'm like we're whiteboard fanatics, so they're <laughs> mounted in the house, whiteboards. And he'll leave little notes on the whiteboards and stuff like that. It's super sweet. But those little things, you forget how much they mean. So you mm -hmm. wrote about, how, when you based your American love stories, did you do research on the places or did you just make it up as you went along? Oh, I just, it was, yeah, yeah, I just made it up. Yeah, I just probably... <laughs> Picked, a, picked an American city I'd heard of and just said it there. I had no, no clue, no clue. I mean, I've never been to Seattle. That's really embarrassing to admit, but I've never been to Seattle in my life. Um, closest I got was San Francisco on my honeymoon. Um, I've always wanted to go to um, Seattle, you know, a massive Nirvana fan, you know, oh, to go to the bench and, oh, I'd die. Um, but, yeah, I've never been to Seattle, so I did a, I did research, and I hope, I've, I hope that I did it justice and you know I found Beth's actual apartment um and I I love Airbnb when I'm <laughs> I can't believe I'm telling you this when I'm researching like properties that people live in I go on Airbnb Matt and uh Matt's mum and dad's house in Florida Airbnb gorgeous house loved it I literally described it down <laughs> that is awesome. I should give these people credit in my book shouldn't I <laughs> 
I give you five stars for let me borrow your let me borrow your home. <laughs> you know, That's actually money. really ingenious because um I don't think a lot of people realize what housing looks like in different areas. Like yeah. just it, it, even in um different areas when you it comes to a big city here versus a um smaller town like i i see people get stuff wrong where they're you you almost get thrown out of the story because you're reading it and you go that doesn't that doesn't yeah. make any sense but i mean also the difference between countries i mean most of the houses in the uk are built of bricks whereas i mean when i lived in america everything's made of wood you know it's they're all wood clad and and it looks very very different so i needed to and, and i and i couldn't imagine it so airbnb saved my life <laughs> No, I think it's a great idea because you come to the little apartments. Like, I've been fortunate enough. I do. Me and Jen used to do a lot of traveling. We a ridiculous amount of traveling. Now, the last year plus, we've been very limited on that. Um, but when we went to New York, her family lives in New York, right? And I did. The, uh, one of her uncles has a fifth floor walk up right off of Times Square. So we would call him and tell him that we would like to reserve the room. <laughs> But we would we would kick him out for the weekend. Yeah. We, still, we just still go one of the streets. We need your apartment. <laughs> Luckily, he, he had other places, so he was always willing. But I'll tell you, I remember the first time. Even though Jen kind of grew up in the in the New York area, we went out and we went out shopping that day, and we went to all these different places. And you're walking around, you're walking around doing everything and carrying everything. So we were like, okay, we went to the, the M&M store and all these cool places. This is like, we were super tourists, probably 12 years ago <laughs> or something now, like ridiculous. <clears throat> and we had all these bags and we get back to the um, apartment and it's <laughs> five stories <laughs> up. <laughs> and after walking around and we went shoe shopping, like we went all these places. So after walking around and we literally are looking at these stairs and I remember looking <laughs> at each other going, what the fuck were we thinking? <laughs> Where's the fucking elevator? <laughs> yeah, we didn't learn our lesson when we got here and had to carry our suitcases up five stairs. Oh, yeah. And yeah, when I in, up and back down. <laughs> I mean, in all the way, Beth, and Nate have a date in New York and my husband and I went to America a couple of Christmases ago um and basically their date is kind of a day that we had so um barring um the hockey game and other things we went to the Natural History Museum um we went to this amazing bar called Barcade which is basically a bar that has old arcade games in it. And it was just fucking amazing. We had a great time. Um, so I basically wrote my husband and my date as Beth and Nate's date. Um, obviously, he's not a hot hockey player, so some of the other stuff didn't happen. But, you know, <laughs> he tried his best. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. We have to take a quick break. We are going to take a break, and we will be right back with Emily Bunny. This is the voice of Drinking With Authors. You are at our commercial break, and our commercial is, hey, do you want to be a guest on our show? Or do you have a question for one of the guests on our show? Or do you have a brilliant drink recipe that we've never heard of? That would have to stump us. But you could reach us at drinkingwithauthors at gmail.com or on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. You can direct message 
or even just leave a comment on one of our posts. We would absolutely love to hear from you. <laughs> okay, we're back. We're back. You were talking about how your husband is not a epic hockey player. It, 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 um, so how does he, when he, you're talking about writing and stuff like that, it's interesting to me because um, I share an office with my boyfriend right now. And so when I'm on calls for the publication company and we're talking about different storylines or different things, or even if we're all writing together, because we'll do that sometimes, and we'll talk about different plot points and we'll be just, a lot of us write erotica. So some of the stuff coming out of our mouths is like, yeah, no, I don't think the penis would fit in there that way. Like, <laughs> and we need a bigger butt plug. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How do you think you can seal a butt plug here? Like, it, you know, <laughs> as much as you, we kind of joke about it. We have these men right at this time where, um, you know, Jen is married. Uh, I have a, a long-term boyfriend. You're married. So are the men in our lives hear this stuff? And I'm wondering, has your husband read any of your stuff? He is not a reader in the slightest. He's a gamer. Uh, he'll read a game manual, but that is about the extent of it. Um, he was very excited when the audio audiobook came out. So <laughs> and I'm like, honey, that's just read a bit. You know, no, it's fine. No, um, he's he's really supportive, but he is not a reader. He's he's an engineer. So give him a, give him an engine and he'll be happy for days. Give him a book and he wouldn't even know which way up to look at it. So um, it's not his thing. He's totally supportive, though. Um I didn't tell him for ages that I was doing it. So I did kind of keep it to myself. Um, but when I told him, he was he was fine. And um, <laughs> I have been asked by a few of my readers, um, where'd you get your inspiration for the sex scenes? I'm like, ah, I read a lot. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he was like, so you're not going to credit me with any of this? I said, um, <laughs> maybe like the love stuff because you know you're really good at that but yeah okay love you <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness Jen what about your other half Did, where, where's his thoughts on does he actually read any of your stuff not really well sometimes I'll have him read just like a part of something or a scene but no not really he's I'm, I write in a genre he just doesn't really read so I, I have the same thing. My my uh, boyfriend is a gamer. Um, he's read some fantasy like Robert Bevan, Critical Failures, which is a gaming series about Dungeons and Dragons. Good so stuff. he's read that series, but he, he definitely did not read. Um, he hasn't read my home on Whore Island. So... <laughs> <laughs> but like super supportive in other ways like when oh, yeah, you know yeah. I'm doing nothing he'll be like I'm sorry shouldn't you be writing right now like what are, what are you what are you doing the thing you're I'm pretty sure that you you're doing something you're not supposed to do right now so he's good at like nudging me yeah I mean I, I've spent most of I'm, I've wrote I've wrote sorry terrible grammar I've written both of my books on my lap on the couch so he could tell that it was giving me a backache and getting the hunchy shoulder thing going on so he went out and bought me a desk and an office chair and made me a little writing nook in the corner. Um, I mean, he didn't whittle the desk out of a tree or anything. He put it together from like a store, but he did that for me. And, you know, I think now I know there's an ulterior motive because he recently got the new Xbox, which is in our sitting room. And he'll go, hmm, honey, don't you think you should be writing? And I'm like, why? He says, 
could I have an hour to the Xbox, please? Because <laughs> he knows that when I'm writing, I'm not watching the TV. Um, so, yeah, I know he's got an ulterior motive, but no, he's he's very sweet and very supportive. And um, he patted my shoulder when I got my first one star review, which he said, oh, it's probably a bot because they didn't leave a comment. And I'm like, oh, no, it's one star. Um, <laughs> but well, he's let's great. Let's talk about reviews for a moment because... Reviews are a very interesting thing for a writer. And some people just don't even read any of their reviews. Some people totally just ignore all reviews. Yeah, and I said I do that, but I can't help myself. But I think a lot of times we have to remember that the book may not have been the type of book that person actually wants. And instead of recognizing yeah. that, they're like, I'm going to give it a one star review. Yeah, they often talk about the one star review I found on El uh, Yelp. A friend of mine showed it to me from this restaurant where they said service was amazing. Food was incredible. The lime in my Moscow mule was not as fresh as it could be one star. Oh, my God. Ridiculous. You're just not pleasing that person ever. So. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> like you can't. There is no way to please that person. So just remember that when you get one star reviews, those are the type of people that are out there i mean i'm not <laughs> i was very passive aggressive about it so um i messaged that person on goodreads i'm so embarrassed um and i said thank you for your review um, i'm i you didn't leave a comment and i just wanted to know what it was that led you to the one star review because i'm always what i always want to learn i'm a new author if you've got some constructive feedback i'd love to hear from you nothing so i put it down to the fact it was a bot and i'm moving on <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah, no, I it don't reach out to people who... No, I've learned that. I'm never doing that again. No, because I... No, I it, it's because you're not going to... It's not going to make irritated. it better to them. That's the thing. No. It, we, no. You, won't, you won't fix what they think is wrong with whatever it is because it's... It, usually when it's one-star review, it's because the person, it's not their type of book. It's just never yeah. going to be their type of book. Well, my book's kind of, it's kind of obvious what it is. So, you know, <laughs> read the blurb, people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> why is there so much hockey in this hockey book? Like, yeah, um, why, I why is there a naked football. dude on the front and there's so much sex? Why? Why? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, let's talk about your actual writing. So, you now have a little table set up. We have discovered that. So, Dude, what yeah. is your writing? ambiance like like what is your favorite place to write so it was the couch <laughs> but now I've got my little desk so um I, I I write in my home and I write at my desk or I will sometimes sit on the couch if uh, my butt goes to sleep um but I mean I've been writing through the pandemic so it's not like I can go out to a coffee shop or anything and because we're we, you know things like that have only just started opening in the UK um so yeah, I tend to write at home this week. I heard pubs reopened. Oh yeah, yep. Yeah. <laughs> UK people who work with me sent me a picture of himself with a pint. <laughs> I'm like, you know, pubs what? are very important to us. Yes. <laughs> like screw off. Not that anything has been closed in Florida, unfortunately. Much we don't have COVID here. here. It's it's all pretend. Oh yeah, it's fake news. Fake news. Obviously, I had COVID by the way, so I can tell you it's not fake. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, no, exactly. several people we does. know have had COVID. <laughs> yeah. But 
the, our state as a whole has not like our governor did no lockdowns. The cities ended up doing lockdowns like yeah. individually because he's pretending like it's not happening. And now he's passing laws where restaurants can't make people wear masks. And like, he, it's very, it's very interesting not to go down a political street. Um, let's talk about writing. <laughs> but previous to your, your novels and your COVID time, did you like to write in cafes? Did you enjoy like being around people or would you rather have it um, not disturbed? Um, I, I can zone stuff out quite well. Um, I mean, I, I teach first grade, so um, you learn to zone stuff out really, really effectively. Like <laughs> your own name. I, I don't, hear my own name most of the time because you hear it about seven trillion times a day um so yeah I, i'm quite effective at zoning stuff out so i can work with the tv on i can work with music on i can i could work in a busy cafe if you know i ever get to go to one again um so what yeah I, i'm quite ideal? effective at zoning what is your out. ideal though if you cast a magic spell like Ooh. this is my writing space i i'd like a room we live in quite a small house so i'd like a room that i could shut the door um, and you know, have my music on as loud as I want, and be surrounded by my books, and just stick pictures of Tyler Sagan up all over the wall. Um, <laughs> and that's my personal space. And my husband is not allowed in there, <laughs> especially when the door shut. <laughs> so yeah, I'd, I'd like I'd like a room, and and I I've always wanted like a proper library with floor, floor to ceiling bookshelves, and all my books are pretty much up in in the in the attic at the moment. I've got a little kind of bookshelf in the bedroom with uh, with my hockey shelf and a few of my other books but uh yeah most of them are locked away in the attic so i'd like to get all my books out my extensive stephen king collection used to come out of hiding <laughs> always i love yeah, stephen I feel king. Bad stephen's in the attic he, that's where he belongs though you know if you're yeah, not actively yeah. reading him <laughs> it's accurate. um what kind of music do you listen to when you write do you have words or no words um, words. I, I like making playlists. Um, on my website, I've got a, a, a page where I put I post my, my um, playlists. One of my readers actually made me a playlist for All or Nothing, um, which is just amazing. And I made a playlist for All the Way. So I've been listening to that while I've been writing. Um, and I, I like songs that make me emote, I suppose. Um, there's a scene that I wrote in All the Way where Nate and Beth are kind of slow dancing. And they're, they're still in that, will they, won't they? They're just kind of fuck buddies at this point. Um, and I heard Ed Sheeran's Perfect on the radio. Um, and honestly, by the time I'd finished writing the scene, I was a right slobbering mess. I was just crying. And <laughs> it, was just, it was so perfect for them. And yeah, I often have to pull over in my car. If I've got the radio on, I often have to pull over in my car if I hear a song that just fits one of my stories and type it into my phone so I don't forget it because I've got a terrible memory um so yeah I I like playlists I like songs that make me think about certain scenarios or certain parts of the story or feelings and yeah I, I'm quite eclectic in my music taste I've not really got one type um my husband really likes like heavy heavy metal so it's not kind of my thing I'm more kind of Foo Fighters metal um but yeah so I, I like most music really yeah, I can't do, I don't usually do words unless I do, it's very weird for both my horror <laughs> and my erotica that I write, I listen to Celtic music, like okay. fairy music, like 
hours and hours of forest nymph is it the kind of stuff you get at the spa when you're having a massage is it like the plinky plinky <clears throat> kind of it's, spa music no I think red fest it's, it's more like <laughs> adventures. like i love florence in the machine um yeah love her like that kind and then lorena mckennett i have literally everything she's ever produced even the live versions like and, Susie and the banshees yeah that yeah. like that kind of and then folk music like that you could buy from a Ren Fair, like the little bands at the Ren Fair. I have a bunch yeah. of those kind of music and stuff like that. Because for whatever reason, even if it has lyrics, it's got a really good kind of beat to keep going to. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't if I start playing like my pop lists and stuff from the eighties, which my boyfriend has made me an entire eighties, nineties playlist for when we go Thanks. on car rides because we do road trips. And it's hours of 80s and 90s. <laughs> I start getting distracted and I'm like, wake me up. And I'm not typing. I'm just like, you, type, you type the lyrics. Yeah. Because I sometimes find myself typing the lyrics. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm like typing the words to all the words. Um, Best of You by Foo Fighters. No, no, that's not what I'm writing. Nate bursts so, yeah, in the I'm song. <laughs> what about you, Jen? What do you listen to? I listen both. I, I can sing along and keep typing and my. You know, I always wonder, like, would I want a scene somewhere where a character bursts in a song because I'm always singing <laughs> while I'm writing. But I do I do both. But I, I like having music on. So Yeah, I, I I've got a I've got Nate doing a couple of karaoke numbers in book yeah. two. So that's, that's quite hilarious. That, I love that I love scene it. at the love end it. is wonderful. And he's so terrible. He's the worst singer in the world, but he just keeps on going. <laughs> that's me. <laughs> When they make a movie, that last scene is going to be wonderful. <laughs> All these great big guys just yes. like doing the power, the power kneel. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, we're not giving anything away. So Sorry. let's talk about what do you think your like writing pet peeves are? What do you think your like little, you know, fun things? Because I'm everybody in general. I'm, I'm an apostrophe Nazi. I'm going to say it. I'm an apostrophe Nazi. I can't bear it. Where children learn to put an apostrophe in a plural, I, I don't know where they learn that. I teach five-year-olds, and they, they somehow put an apostrophe for a plural. Why? Where do you learn that, people? Um, so, yeah, I'm a bit of an apostrophe Nazi. I don't know how to use a comma, as Jen can uh, attest. <laughs> there, you're get, but also, that's the, the British usage versus the American usage, too. Yeah. We run into that. So. I, I, I just try so hard to get the American spellings right, and, yeah. But, yeah, I, I, I'm... I hate typos and my own typos more than anything, but sometimes I see them in other people's writing and I'm like, come on, dude, that's, that's a really obvious typo. And you just left it there. Has nobody brought that up? Has nobody shown me this, you know? Um, You'd be amazed myself, you know, how much stuff goes out that misses just basic things. Like you can look at a book, uh, you know, your books go through the whole process of being looked at yeah edit in and like so set and we can go through that whole thing and i'll tell you i don't care what book it is you could have 50 people read the book and you'll still at the end of that have stupid crap in that book that you're like why is this oh. you just have to let it go let it go how did we yeah. not see this we looked like six <laughs> people looked at the yeah <laughs> um i suppose for myself it's just finding time you know, um, I work, I work a full-time job as lots of us do. Um, I also have, um, a, a book review Instagram. So I'm reading, um, arts for other writers and, 
um so i'm reading and reviewing and, and like i said i don't i just don't sleep like ever, so <laughs> i'm just finding the time to write um i'm lucky we've, we've been on kind of spring break for from um my job so i've been able to have two weeks and i promised myself i would get the first draft of book three finished yes i did um thank you very much, thank you very much. um i'm just rereading it now and I've, i'm gonna send it out to my betas um to to get it read again um so yeah I, I i like to set myself little goals um but yeah finding the time to write is my biggest peeve i think it's just drives me nuts are you a morning writer and like during the middle of the night what's your peak performance oh, I, I cannot write after about 7 p.m <laughs> because I, and i was the same at college i couldn't study my friends would be studying through the night i'd be like i'd be tucked up in bed having a lovely dream they'd all be out you know study 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 I can't do stuff at night I'm a real I love sleeping you know when I do I just sleep really hard um but yeah I I can't write at night I wish I could but I can't I read at night I read into the night you know one more chapter one more chapter oh it's 3 a.m and I've got to get up in a couple of hours um, <laughs> I can't I can't write and if I do I read it the next day and I usually delete it because it's out of crap so yeah I, I'm a I'm a day writer which is kind of hard because you know i work in the day so i'll i'll sometimes edit in the evening but i won't write fresh in the evening i tend to do that in the day jen so, is the opposite so like three or four a.m writing and that's her peak performance time after everybody uh, goes to bed that's you know midnight to like three i get so much done oh my god i wish i could i just i, I couldn't do it i i I, I just have a very understanding <laughs> husband who gets up with our, our child in the morning. So I, <laughs> I don't even know excuse nice cat to deal with. <laughs> He's currently snoring on my bed, so if you can hear it, I'm really sorry. <laughs> How fast do you write? So you did you got book three done in two weeks. How fast do you write when you sit down and you're going at a clip? Oh, I did I didn't write the whole thing in two weeks, I wanted to finish it in two weeks. Um I don't I, it depends really. Book two came really quickly. Um, book three has been a bit of a struggle, I'm going to admit. Um, I kind of was floating around 50,000 words and I was not making, you know, I was writing loads, but I didn't feel like I was writing loads. And then suddenly I was up at 77,000 words. I was like, woo! Um, so I kind of go in fits and starts. Um, so yeah, it, it, it kind of depends on how I'm feeling about the story. There were lots of bits of book three that, just kind of felt tough to write um i don't know why it was you know it was I, I like the story and i was invested in it but i just it felt like yeah, i think i was probably distracted with other things going on so but I, you, I was glad i had the two weeks to focus on it do you plot them out like do you already i mean i you probably plot out like the couples but do you know how the beats of the relationship are going to go or does it just happen yeah so I write myself a little so at the end of the document that I'm writing on I have bullet points of the story um which pretty much change every day <laughs> so I'm constantly tinkering with that um and then I, I get my little highlight tool and I highlight the bits that I've written um and then when I'm happy then I can delete those bits so I have got a plan um but it's very flexible like book two I didn't expect it to take the turn that it did that's not that was not my intention to start with um but yeah I I plan but then I deviate I I know the end goal but I kind of 
twist around a bit as I'm getting there. Wow. Uh, that's that's very much like I, I'm a, a maybe write a sentence kind of person. I can't plot for anything. I think I plot <laughs> the whole thing out and then go, I don't like this story and then move on to Going. I, mean, I just I read the I read the prologue for book four at the end of book three, and again as I was writing it, I had a vague idea that it was going to take this turn, but it suddenly is a lot different to to how I expected it to be. So I think it's going to go in a bit of a different direction. It's going to be kind of dark, a bit like book two. Well, that's cool. What about um? So let's talk. We started talking a little bit about fans. So what what kind of feedback have you started to get? You you've got a little fan base going. You got some <laughs> bunnies going there that are oh, huge fans. I love, of your work. I love them so much. Honestly, I, don't think I just write fast enough for these guys. Like no, honestly, I'm like their little writing bitch. They're just like write more, write more. Write this book. You promised me this book. Um, so yeah, I <laughs> I feel I I I, I don't know I they're so supportive and they love the characters so much and they give me such great feedback and they're always sharing my things on Instagram and Facebook and they completely indulge my Tyler Sagan obsession with Sagan Sunday on my Facebook group and I just put it everywhere <laughs> they're like we want more naked pictures to Tyler Sagan where are you getting these from um and yeah they're just they're so positive and yeah I I, I literally couldn't do this without them I think about making sure that my books are as good as they can be because I don't want to let them down because they invest so much time reading for me and posting for me that I just, I want to make sure that, that I do a good job. And I, and you do, I think it's interesting because we, we have a, another author under our, our label that just had his first book come out and his second one's not coming out until August, no, October. And his fans are going nuts and it's interesting when you have that fan base that goes nuts because <laughs> you're not in your own writing bubble vacuum anymore. Like you, you have people going, Hey, yeah. you're not going fast enough. Like I, I told them, I said, I hope you've got something better than just October, my friend, because by about August, these fans <laughs> are going to be rabid. Like they're not going to be like, this is cute. We're waiting another two months. And I think that, you know, I've seen the way your fans react and it's interesting because I feel like you could publish a book a week and they still would be like, cool. So Next. we need to go faster than that. <laughs> I need yeah. more. Yeah. Yeah. I just, just, just live stream me writing just then they'll be happy. <laughs> Sentence at a time. Yeah. <laughs> well, trust me, I think they, they would probably... You know, I always wondered if they'd like to see our process, like actually see our screen where we're like, da, 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 da. Delete, delete, Moving on. Do you ever yeah, they, feel like you get um, writer's block? Do you, I, I, you know, people talk about writer's block, but for, for some of us, it's getting distracted by phones and Facebook and Instagram and you know stuff like that is can be our writer's block if we let other things come in or Jen it could be a Russian dragon romance movie that what? What? it's only on in the background and I'm learning Russian it's fine <laughs> I'm an enormous professional procrastinator it's like my second job my third job um you know my phone is always there it's pinging constantly with like instagram notifications facebook and i'm like just turn that shit over i can't look at it anymore um so yeah i'm a professional procrastinator um 
<laughs> I think that kind of blocks me. But like I said, book three blocked me in a way that I've never felt before. I just, there were some parts I couldn't get past. So I'd sort of stop writing. I'd write in massive, like 72 size font. Fill this bit in. <laughs> just move on to another bit because I just couldn't carry on. I'm not a person who writes in chunks out of out of chronology. I have to write the book from start to finish. Um, but with book three, I I did miss big chunks out um, because I. And then I, actually going back to it, I I felt that I didn't need to fill those bits in. I could jump. Um, you know, the book would have been 200,000 words long if I'd have filled in all those bloody gaps. But um, yeah, I when, when I had people read it, there's like, no, you don't need that bit. You can you can jump from that bit to the next. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know what it was about this book that, that kind of blocked me. Did but, you um, did you keep your deleted scene, like the scenes that didn't end up making it? Do you keep them? Um, I used to put them into a Word document because I thought yeah. I might use them again. Um, but I've stopped doing that. <laughs> you, you could a word out, document was giving me anxiety. <laughs> you could put out like the extended edition. <laughs> no, <Yeah>. no. <laughs> no. I'm the, sorry. The, we're going to have to delete that. Me. Yeah, I was about to say we're <laughs> deleting that comment from the editor because that's not happening. <laughs> That's the thing everybody does now. We keep all the all, all of the pieces, and then we're like, "Here's a four-hour version." Yeah, yeah. Well, I I did just sit through the Zack Schneider new cut uh, of the Justice League. I was actually impressed because he took out a lot of the stupid shit that I didn't like in the first movie. So I will give him it. To me, it was a better movie than the other movie. Like it actually was a little more dark, and the bad guy wasn't as weird as he was in the first movie so i will give him credit on that but you're i did also read talking... stephen king's unabridged version of the stand yes, as well yes. That's yeah what i was thinking of like i i don't know when when i've experienced it, like the extended editions i mean i love my lord of the rings and give me give me five hours and i'll watch it and, <laughs> you know yeah we got the extended box set and that's mm -hmm. a whole that's like a weekend where we just go to middle earth and that stuff yep. done. <laughs> no, no, i was we were talking about that because somebody made a joke post that because zach snyder did his version of the the justice league that peter jackson was going to do his uncut version of the lord of the rings which is now five days long <laughs> <laughs> and i would watch it <laughs> Me too. Well, but that would be a lot more of that walking that's in the book in the tree. Like, I'll, I'll watch Vigo Mortensen walk all day. Yeah, well, me I'll, too. All day long. Yeah. Oh From God. behind, preferably. Yeah, right. As I've got you in there, Middle Earth sidetrack. Okay, we have to wrap up the podcast. <laughs> Jen, stop talking about Vigo Mortensen. Um, <laughs> Emily, what advice would you give authors out there? you've had a very interesting year. Like you've had a, a great yeah. year. So I would love because your journey is very different than a lot of the people that we've talked to on the show. Um, regardless of drinking with authors is affiliated with four horsemen and you're one of our authors, but you're truly amazing. Otherwise you wouldn't be one of our authors, but you've had a very interesting journey. So what advice would you give authors out there? Um, let people read your work no one's going to enjoy it if you keep it to yourself and that's what I did for years um write don't talk about it just do it you know it might be other shit but you've done it and people can help you make it better 
Um, if you are looking to get published, submit. Um, there are so many brilliant platforms where you can just publish your own stuff these days. You know, that's why, as I said, I started on Wattpad. Um, so there's so many places you can just put things out there. I mean, some of the shit I read on Wattpad, honestly, it was... <laughs> There's a lot of Tyler Sagan fan fiction, I'm just saying. Uh, I didn't write any, but there's a lot of Tyler Sagan fan fiction. <laughs> um, <laughs> I did read some of it, I'm very sorry to say. Um, but yeah, just write, let people read your stuff, submit, uh, self-publish, and just uh, believe that what you're writing is, has value and somebody wants, to, somebody wants to read it. I never thought anybody would read what I've written, but people have, so yeah um and get on instagram honestly change changed everything i love the advice and i love that you came on the show this has been thoroughly awesome awesome <laughs> awesome okay so we have to wrap this part up we're gonna go into literary briefs and moments here but how do we this find you been, what how do we find her oh yes mm -hmm. how do we <laughs> find you emily right so, um, address. i always have to say that because we had so many <laughs> that all the time um so how do we find you okay so i have a website www.emilybunny with an e so b-u-n-n-e-y.com um there's links to all of my social media on there um i'm on instagram as emily bunny author i'm on twitter as emily bunny a-u-t-1 um i have a facebook group bunny's beauties um i'm on there as well as emily bunny and emily bunny author um where else am i i think that's it is that everything yeah awesome and we will have you <laughs> in all these posts so yes thank you for being on jim thank you for thank keeping you. me on track <laughs> i did a show it's fine by the way this riesling's awesome okay so this is drinking <laughs> with authors i've been your host erica lance and jm paquette and we will see you next time